my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I have tried to record this intro a few times, and so I'm just going to let it roll this time. And if I need to change it later, I will, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to jump right in. So today I am talking about the 10 steps or the 10 points of healing for love addicts, for love addiction. And the way that I came upon this is, you know, we're nearing the end of the year. I'm actually undergoing a big refresh and undertaking of where I'm looking at all the things I've put out over the last year, including our main coaching program. I'm talking to students who are either alumni or who have finished, um, women who have, you know, made some really good strides and also who were open to talking to me, of course, (laughs) Um, after they've already done their time together and just really looking at how can I make everything that I put out better, um, more cohesive? Are there any gaps that I was intending to to fill that I need to relook at or reexamine or do differently? And so, um, you know, just a whole, just a time of reflection. And in me doing all of that, of course, I think about Black Girls Hill and the company as large, at large and what my mission is for every Black woman that I get the privilege and pleasure to serve, whether it's here on the podcast, whether it's in one of my coaching programs, um, whether it's at one of the pop-up workshops that I do, or even some of the many courses that I'll be putting out, many as an M-I-N-I many courses I'll be putting out um, this November for Black Friday in case you're listening to this live. Women that I see in the conference, all of (laughs) y'all. When I think about the heart that I have for you, I've had to get clear about what is it that I am intending for you to receive? What is the healing that I hope that my gifts, that my teaching, that my training, that my experience, that my tools will give to you? And in me thinking about that, I mapped out 10 points of healing for the love addict. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all. And five is I'm fully connected. How on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. 
And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So every woman who considers herself a person who has struggled with letting people in, letting the wrong people in too much, trusting people who she shouldn't trust, being afraid of being abandoned and rejected and that showing up and how she shows up in the world in relationships and her self-esteem. And of course, it all being related to childhood trauma and being in this persistent pattern of unavailable relationships. And even when she's in an an available relationship, struggling to receive it because of the wounds that are underneath. When I think about y'all, I wrote down 10 things that I want to give to you. So here it is. Let's go ahead and jump into that. So as I talk about these 10 points that I, which are basically milestones and things that I want y'all to keep in mind as targets for your healing. As I talk about each of these, I'm also probably going to be weaving in some of the ways that I have already um, built an infrastructure on how to help you heal here in Black Girls Heal, or I might talk about things I'm thinking about doing or planning on doing. Um, But either way, I really suggest that you stay to the end of this episode because I have something special for those of you who listen all the way through, hint, hint, um, which I'm sure that you will because y'all, y'all are some ride or dies, those of you who are fans of this podcast. So I really appreciate that. So let's jump into it. Let me pull up my little notes over here. So these 10 points are not in any particular order. I literally wrote a a mind map and a brainstorm with all these little circles around this inner term of love addict. And so I just literally wrote it down in the order that um, I saw it. So the 10 points are you need healing in your friendships, in your family and boundaries, in your mother wounding, in your parenting, in your purpose slash your voice slash your work, in your money, in your body acceptance, in your sexuality, romantic love, and self-love. Okay, so let's start with friendships. Friendships are so important because these are our chosen relationships. These are our chosen family often. And so how we show up in our friendships, whether or not we are opening up, whether or not we are allowing people to love us, whether or not we are able to hold our value and not overcompensate, not overfix, not be attracted to people who need us too much and not to be afraid to shine. Those are, those are really imperative, um, 
things to look out for. And our friendships are the places where we see this most often. Can we maintain um, a friendship long term? Can we can we set boundaries when we need to? Can we be honest about things that are going on? And can we even point out how to pick people who are good friends? How to identify if someone's toxic? Can we even look at whether or not we're toxic ourselves? These are all great and important points for you to know as a love addict. And so, or as a woman, right? Um, because the goal of what I do here is for every woman to leave my presence and one day fly off or make the accomplishment that you need to, but then, you know, stay with me or stay listening to our resources just to maintain, but for you to evolve and be a healed and loved woman. That is my goal for every woman to not no longer identify and feel the intense effects of being avoidant in relationships or being addicted or codependent in relationships, but to feel fully connected to herself. That is, that is my goal. That is my purpose. And so, um, a healed and loved woman will have healthy friendships in this area in this way. And so, um, some of the things that we have that support with this is of course our recovery school. There's a whole mini course, M-I-N-I course, um, related to building trustworthy and safe friendships. It's called the trustworthy and safe friendship builder. (laughs) So that is definitely a part of it. We talk all about, um, making sure that you are not being avoidant and how to stay on top of that, how to build in some accountability, um, and how to check in around it. And, um, definitely I'm creating our maintenance plan and I'm actually putting in what I've been using for my own personal use, um, as far as my own friendship tracker that helps me make sure I'm, I'm reaching out to folks and that I'm thinking of folks outside of myself because when I was out of my love addiction, I've mentioned this before, it was easier for me to swing to the love avoidance to swing to not showing up. And even though I do a lot of these things on autopilot, I also need to make sure I stay on track and make sure that I am holding myself accountable and showing up as my full self. So that is something that we have there for ladies who are not a part of our recovery school or who are, you know, saving up. I know some of you have messaged me and told me that you have the coaching program on your vision board. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. That's really great to hear. I can't wait to, to serve all of you. But for those of you who, um, aren't in the program, I, during black Friday am releasing a, how to make and keep friends, um, mini course, a little bonus course for those of you who want to get started in this process and think that you need it. Um, and then also of course our healing circles. So the healing circles were actually built to help you, create some accountability to learn how to practice talking to other people about your feelings and what's going on with you or what's not going on with you and being in the same room with other women who have the same goal in mind and whether or not the room is real or virtual, that is the intention. So that's a free resource and you can learn more by going to blackgirlhealingcircles.com and you can create a profile create an account and search in the directory to see if anyone um, 
has a circle that's open, whether it's in person or virtual in your area. But one of the things that I really want to focus on in 2021 is making this a better experience. I know that I've created this platform um, or this, this resource for women who struggle with intimacy and opening up to initiate opening up <laughs> and to go into this directory and, you know, and, you know, message people and say, can I be in your circle? And even though we're grown, that could be really anxiety producing. Right. Um, so in 2021, I want to do a couple of events that are related to matchmaking ladies, matchmaking ladies who are interested in being in a healing circle and, um, having you fill out a little questionnaire and assessment and me and, if I have my other coach on board by that time, which I should, I'm speaking that into existence. So my my new Black Girls Hill coach, who will be my partner in crime when it comes to serving you ladies, um, she and I will look at all the questionnaires and group y'all together. And we will be the soft intro and we will make sure that y'all have things in common or we think that you complement each other. And so I have some ideas on what I want that to look like. But I want to do that a couple of times a year to help you um, bridge that gap, to help you have this resource as well, to have your healing accountability. I know that sometimes one of the things we realize as we get older is that our friends, we have different friends for different things and that's okay. Instead of us trying to make one friend for everybody or feeling sad that we have different categories of friends, it's just different different personalities and there's different levels of trust, um, depending on what the issue is or what the background is and all of that. So we want to help you with that. So that should be coming in 2021. And, but that's what we have as far as support for y'all. So the next place of healing for you to look out for as a healed and loved woman is family and boundaries. So one of the things that is really important for, I think every woman who does their healing process to get to is learning how to balance having her own boundaries and what is important with her and also showing up with her family because we are moving out of the extremes of either when I'm around you, I completely regress into a younger part of myself and I lose all of those boundaries that I'm really great at holding on to when I'm not here. Or I completely cut you off um, and I don't talk to you at all. And the reason why I say that that balance is important, even though I know that there are definitely some of us where we do need to and um, maintain a complete disconnection from toxic family. I say the word balance because if the only way, let me, let me make sure I say this correctly. There is a difference between mindfully and from a whole place of wholeness and a whole heart, um, separating and distancing from a source that you know is painful and toxic and making that choice consciously versus avoidance. Um, versus escaping versus shutting down. And, you know, I, I kind of joke about this often when I talk about cutoff queens in the 
in the aspect of friendships or in the aspect of romantic partnerships, but this can also happen with family as well. And the reason why for me, this isn't really important to, to, to point out is because most of the women that I work with, they, there may be people and parents or siblings or cousins or aunts or grandmas or whoever in their life that they know are toxic and unhealthy, but they still have interaction with them, whether or not it is the holidays or whether or not it is, um, in passing or a wedding or, you know, you come from an immigrant family. And so everybody's always together, you know, so many reasons why. And so what I noticed from my women who don't deal with this or women in general who don't deal with this is you go back and forth from feeling very strong and feeling very capable to when you're with your family, you're constantly re-injured and you don't know how to balance that. And so um, your goal as a healed and loved woman is to know how to show up for yourself in, uh, in regards to family and otherwise. So with that, we have our Better Boundaries Bootcamp, which is this um, workbook that we give as part of the recovery school um, that really breaks down boundaries. But to be in the recovery school is to talk about family. Um, there is no way that we can talk about ending the patterns that you are recreating without hitting on, okay, what is the stuff? What are my models and what are the templates that I've worked from? Um, and what is it that I want to create now? So it's interesting from women being in my recovery school, I don't think I've ever had anyone who joined saying, I want a better relationship with mom or dad or is, is I don't, I can't think of anyone where really that was like the top goal, something being family related, um, outside of mothers of older children or, or adults who, you know, through their own self-reflection come in and say they want to parent met better or show up better. And I'll talk about that in a second, but it is definitely a result of our time together that they end up having better relationships with their families because they change. Um, they get more clarity and it, and it helps release a lot of the tension and confusion. So since I'm talking about family, the next point of healing for women to become, go from love addict to healed and loved woman is mother wounds. So I talk often about mother wounds. You don't hear me talk about father wounds, even though they are definitely important. Um, if you come from a um, family with, with two different gendered parents, um, father wounds are definitely important. But the reason why mother wounds are so important to look at is because she is your first relationship. And she is your first relationship even before you come out of the womb. And yes, that is a spiritual thing to say, and it's also a scientific thing to say. I've mentioned this before, but um, fetuses that are in the womb are constantly inputting and taking in information from their mother about whether or not they're wanted, whether or not there's anger or rage towards them. Of course, feeling your your emotions and, um, and just what's going on with you. And there's a lot of internalizing that happens. There are so many therapeutic healing models. I've mentioned some of them before, but somatic experiencing is a very 
a very transformational part of trauma healing work for anyone who's wanting to do um, trauma therapy. Also, there's something called family constellation work. But basically, what you can find, depending on what your birth story is, is that you can have stored trauma in your body that either belongs to you, was projected to you, or just left with you. There is a book by Joyce Meyer, who is a Christian teacher and preacher. And even before there were, I knew any of this existed. I mean, this book probably, what, 15 years old, at least, probably more than that. But the basic premise of that book is she's talking about part of her personal experience saying how her whole life she just felt kind of this nagging inner inner ache of how she didn't belong in this world and what was wrong. There was something wrong with her and just something was always missing. And what it came down to, what she, what she realized it was, is that there was a root of rejection that started from when she was in the womb because her mother had feelings where she did not want her. Um, and, and she internalized that as a little child. And then of course, um, if you're familiar with Joyce Meyer, some of the trauma and things that she went through after that, um, just added to it. So mother wounds are so important and how she was there for you, not there for you, whether or not she was proud of you, whether or not it was conditional, all of those things are information that we take in about our worth and how we feel about ourselves. Right now, the only resource that we have that kind of speaks to this is the recovery school, but it's, it's in general where we're talking about family in general. So it's not a specific, specific focus, but we do have our Mother's Day workshop where we do dig more into mother wounds. And that is usually just a one and a half, two hour live workshop um, online virtual for women to participate and for you to ask questions and for us to talk through what's going on. And I give you tools and things for you to use to help identify what are some things that belong to you versus things that may have been projected onto you. And also kind of to give you permission to say this out loud. I, I say often that what, what really happens is more often than not, I find that the women who I work with who have mother wounds, which is everybody, um, more often than not, even if your childhood was kind of tumultuous, now as an adult woman, you have a friendship. And so having to or feeling like you have to go back to that just feels um, really heavy. You feel guilty. You feel like you don't want to do that. So we, we talk about that in that mini workshop. And so um, there's also something else that I want to do, and that is hosting in-person intensive healing workshops for mothers and daughters. So for adult mothers and adult daughters to be able to come together in a weekend workshop and be able to talk through with clinicians. So as some of you know, I have um, closed my therapy practice, which I feel very sad about. Um, I grad at first the plan was to close to new clients and I've realized that for me to focus on black girls heal and stay sane, I've had to close it down completely. And I love, 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 love every single woman that I've gotten to, to serve. And so it's, it's very sad. It's very bittersweet, but my hope is 
in a few years to reemerge my therapy practice, but instead of doing one-on-one sessions ongoing, but to focus on doing healing intensives so that people can come have a few days to just dig in and process and get the healing that they need instead of feeling rushed, instead of not having the space, and then to return back to their homes and to their own therapists to, to continue the work. And so one of the types of intensives I want to hold are for adult mothers and adult daughters who are both willing to come and look at their own trauma and see how that has impacted their relationship. And so um, 2021, probably most likely 2022, because I want to focus on individual intensives first and kind of get the hang of that. I'm currently studying some models and things and going to take the next year or so off from therapy to just focus on growing my skills and what I would need to do for that. Um, But that is a hope. But for now, we have the recovery school in our Mother's Day workshop. The next point of healing, point number four for women is parenting. So not only is it us as adult women looking at the the impact of our relationship with our mother on us for both the, the benefits and, um, and some of the, the growth areas. And by the way, in the Mother's Day workshop, I is not all ragging on moms. It is talking about celebrating what they gave to us as well, because it's both. We don't live in the extremes as a healed and loved woman. We're able to, to live in the balance of both the truth of, my mother did all the things that she could for me. And the truth that um, for some of us, I love her very much. For some of us, I have a lot of anger and just balancing whatever the truth is for us. I'm not going to go through all the variations of how that might look, but you get you get my point. So it's not just to come back to parenting. It's not just about us looking at the impact of what it was like to be a child to a woman who mothered us or maybe did not mother us or who passed away or was incarcerated or was really sick or mentally ill or somehow not available. She was on drugs. We were in foster care or um, raised by family members while she was doing whatever she needed to do, whatever it might be. So not just that, but also those of us who want, want to or are mothers, a healed and loved woman looking at what is her relationship look like with her children. Um, and how her trauma impacts and shows up there. Whether or not she can be clear on, am I taking care of myself or am I projecting some of my needs onto my child? Am I able to esteem myself and focus on loving myself or am I asking of something for my children? Am I so triggered with rage sometimes because what they're doing is just truly annoying and like wrong, or is some of my emotional reaction really about my own trauma, um, that they're triggering my own internal core belief of feeling not enough, of feeling taken advantage of or taken for granted, of feeling disrespected. Am I projecting some of my feelings of being um, hopeless and overwhelmed onto them 
instead because I don't know how to identify those emotions within myself and also how to take care of myself because that wasn't modeled to me. I never knew that that was a thing. Um, I never knew that that was important. I didn't know that that was an option for me and all of of the different areas that can go along in that. When I was thinking about and when I think about um, my overall purpose for Black Girls Heal is not just to heal the woman, but for all of us to impact all of the generations that we have that will come from us or the ones that we will touch for those of us who choose to be child free or motherhood looks differently for us um, in the way of mentorship or being the best aunt ever or godmother ever or however it might look you know if we're in education pouring into the lives of our students you get what i'm saying but for us to pass down generational blessings and healing to other people now right now we don't have anything for this and honestly when i was kind of brainstorming this i was like i don't think that this is an area that i want to really focus on outside of what i already do in the recovery school Um, I've definitely heard, um, testimonials from the women who are students who have, um, children that their relationships with them has, has definitely improved because mama has gotten her healing because mama was able to identify, oh, this is what happened to me. This is what, um, I've been doing subconsciously because maybe I knew things that happened to me, but I didn't know how this really showed up everywhere. Um, and their children have said, mom, something's different, or now they're talking more. And it's just, it's really great to see. But as far as focusing specifically on parenting, um, maternal mental health and all of that is, is a really big field. And there's a lot of, um, intricacies that I want to respect enough to not touch and to let other people, um, work through that. My expertise is childhood relational trauma and how that shows up and how we relate to other people and ourselves, which is why the women who've been in my program have been able to get the breakthroughs that they have with their children because they know how to manage that. But as far as going into depth for that, I'm going to let someone else take over that who does specialize in parent coaching and stuff like that. I, I would hope that in addition to therapy, that kind of what I do here in Black Girls Hill, knowing that therapy is so important, but still being able to provide coursework and coaching and support to help people hone their soft skills and help them have immediate solutions. Um, I would hope one day to partner with, with anyone who's doing that, who's doing it in the form of trauma work um, and healing for women. So that's you. Um, I'm going to share at the end of this episode how you can uh, relay that those resources to me. But I just wanted to point that out as that is a point of healing for you um, as well, um, for you to be a healed and loved woman to, to pass on that healing to the people who come after you um, and being able to show up as your full imperfect self. It's not about being a perfect mother. It's about, it's about showing your children how to be fully human and still open to love and give love, which is mind blowing, um, for many of us, many of us never had that opportunity and that experience. 
The next point of healing for you as a healed and loved woman, as you move out of your love addiction is your purpose, your voice, and your work looking at that. So this is so, so important because I know self-love is the last thing I'm going to be talking about, but your every single person listening to me has a purpose and I hope that you are in it right now or that you know that you are on your way there or that you are open to getting the healing that you need to open the doors to look at examining how do I get there. That was a really complicated way of me saying, I want you to feel like you're worth your purpose, that you're worth um, going after what you want. For the women who are already in their purpose or doing their thing and, and showing up the way that they want to, um, to make sure that work does not overwhelm you. So when I was doing my 10 point list, I was like, okay, what are all the, not only the areas of healing, what are also some of the things that I know that typically for someone who is in an avoidant or addicted state will go into the extremes? What are the top things that I see over and over again with the women that I serve? And one of them is work. Um, it is so easy for us to get lost in that, um, to get lost in um, overextending ourselves into going hard and to um, showing up doing a lot more. And it's also common to be on the other extreme of not feeling like you are worth doing what you truly desire to do for settling for a career or a vocation or a path that is less than what you actually truly have in your heart because you think you're not smart enough or someone is better than you or you've internalized messages that you'll never be anything. Or for those of us, especially those of us with immigrant parents, that what we want to do is not a real job. And so we have gone after career paths that have been considered those that have come with the esteem and the respect to make our families proud. So I was gonna wait to the end to talk about this, but I haven't talked about racial trauma yet once. And it also wasn't in my 10 point list, but that is because racial trauma shows up in each one of these 10 points for us as black, multiracial, Afro-Latina women. And it shows up in some of the ways that we will parent ourselves, overextend ourselves, the messages that we have about our value, um, the messages that we have from society about what we need to do. So when I think about overworking, I think about how just how it that has been a coping mechanism passed down from slavery for those of us, those of you who are listening who are Americans or on your way to becoming Americans, or maybe you've been in America for a long time and you've just passed, taken in the, the, the culture and the messaging. So not only us being overworked in slavery and that being what's been pushed on us um, versus having the privilege to rest um, the, the, and I shouldn't even say privilege, but the right to rest and to just take our time and to live in our peace. Um, the, the nap ministry on Instagram and also, um, she has some other platforms just talks about how rest is our act of, act of rebellion instead of having to constantly do right. Um, for us to be able to have peace and not only the history of us being overworked for generations, but also needing to overwork in so many instances to be acknowledged, to be seen, to 
catch up, to stay afloat, right? From all of the ways that white supremacy and systemic oppression has tried to cut us down, not try to actually put in laws and practices and policies to remove access to housing, remove access to financial um, programs, remove access to education and how we've had to overwork to stay ahead of the curve. This, we don't do this just because we are, first of all, we're amazing and we're magical and we can do anything, which is just fact. But doing it to excess has been enabled by generational trauma, generational racial trauma. So to come back to my point of healing for us as women, us as black women, love addicts, and all of these points, but here as well, having a place of balance, having a place of where you are working because you love to work. Someone I I love to follow, and I think she listens to this podcast too, um, but Jasmine Chanel, she's a business coach and she helps mothers um, start their businesses and start their side hustles. And I just love everything that she does. And she does a really great job of modeling. Um, and of course, I'm sure it's not perfect, you know, because nobody's lives are perfect, but modeling how to be a mom and, and run a business at the same time without losing yourself. But one thing that she says when she's like letting us into her world and talking to us about working, she talks about how she, how she loves to work. Like this is her life purpose to help other women. And so I don't want anyone to have shame about doing that, but I want you to be able to have and cultivate other areas of your life as well. And also as a healed and loved woman, I put all these things together because I feel like they just overlap is having your voice. Um, especially those of us who grew up in families where our voices were muted, where we were um, not allowed to have the opportunity to stand up for ourselves or shamed for it, or um, we second guess whether or not we have a right to show up for who we are or show up for what we need. Um, this is for you. This is how you know when you are able to say without shame, or even if there is like a little bit of like guilt or shakiness, the fact that you're saying it, right? The fact that you're showing up for your inner you is an important and really vital deal. This is so related to love addiction because when we don't know how to show up for ourselves, this is where we will start to over depend on other people to give us what we need, right? And especially if we don't even know what we need, that's why many people who are serial monogamous will go from relationship to relationship, which, you know, I've talked about in the earlier podcast episode, because it's easier to feel safe and secure when you're with someone who will take care of it for you. And some of us are in partnerships with people who are unavailable and like we're constantly trying to get them to show up for us. And sometimes we are with people who are great people and we just kind of rest into that and we just don't feel a need to have our own identity. And that is a very dangerous place to be. So um, having your own purpose, your own voice and your work related to that and having a balance with all that is a sign of being a healed and loved woman. The next point, oh, I didn't say about a half of that. <laughs> By nature of being in our coaching program, the recovery school, again, you know, wherever you go, there you are by the women that are in my program working on themselves, they automatically get their voice. That's just part of it. There's a whole section on expressing yourself. And it's, it's interesting. It's one of the last things that I have in the curriculum, but just to be able to do the coursework, you constantly start showing up for yourself from the beginning. So it's 
I'm like always like cheering and clapping and being like, you said what to them? Oh my goodness. Who is this woman? It's just, it's really, it's really amazing to see what can happen over the course of a couple of months. Um, with the support of just having some weekly group calls is just phenomenal. The women I work with are just so cool. Um, but there's that. And I've had other women who've talked about, um, going out for things that they thought they weren't worthy of. And now that they have this inner confidence, it just, permeates other areas in in their life. So we don't focus on this specifically because our program is about your relationship with yourself and others. And it just seeps into everything. So that is point number five. Point number six is money, y'all. Let's talk about money. So just trigger warning. Um, Just something in me feels like right now with covid Um, We are all experiencing the impact of COVID and job security and what that means for us and what that means for the people that we love in different ways. And so there is literally no way that I could hit all of them and all the variations of it and do it justice. So I'm just going to be focusing on what I know to be the main money disorders and how to describe our relationship with money and how it should look ideally. But I just want to acknowledge that before I start so that people know that I am aware. (laughs) Money is a highly, highly emotional topic. You may have heard that if you are in a partnership, the top three things that people will break up or divorce over our sex, money, and communication. So money and the impact that it has on our life is so powerful. And I wish more people talked about money trauma. There are a lot of financial professionals. There's a lot of people who talk about budgeting and credit and debt reduction and growing generational wealth and Even, you know, I'm in the world of business. And so a lot of people that I follow talk about mindset and manifestation and like all of that stuff. But no one really talks about and tells you what to do specifically about money trauma outside of rewrite the story, which I guess in itself is a tool, but I guess to kind of like go deeper into what are the different types of money trauma to put categories onto that ways that I normally see women and people in general, but of course I'm talking to women here, self-medicate with money is to live in the extremes. So either using money, needing money, consuming money to, to self-medicate in the form of over shopping, overspending, even when you have the money, when you know that you're doing it to excess in a way that feels out of control to you because you're trying to keep up um, as far as comparison, because you're hoping that if you get the next big thing, the next trip, the next pair of shoes, the next certification, the next whatever, that that next thing is the missing piece to fill that hole. So that there's, that's one extreme. The other extreme is those of us who live in deprivation more when it comes to money. So those of us who chronically under earn. So this goes back to the purpose talk. So do I sabotage myself and put myself in situations financially that um, make me feel most more comfortable, even if it is subconscious? So do I subconsciously feel better in jobs that are not 
um, not worth my caliber because at least I don't have to worry about failing. Do I put myself in financial places where I am at a deficit because part of my money story, part of my money trauma is I grew up poor, I grew up struggling, and so that's where I feel most comfortable. Another extreme of the deprivation feeling is also money hoarding. So there are a lot of us who on paper are very wealthy, but we don't feel wealthy. We constantly put money aside to save because we believe that the bigger that is, the safer we're going to feel, the more the more secure we're going to feel. But there's never enough money to help us get there because it starts from within. So the end goal for you as a healed and loved woman in the area of money um, is for you to be able to receive, spend, hold, feel in love with or have love for in case that wording is doesn't work for you because of your religious belief, but to be able to operate in a place of abundance with money without fear, shame, guilt, or overwhelm. Okay. In the same way that I talk about how you feel in romantic relationships to be able to show up in romantic relationships without avoiding it, feeling unworthy of it, um, feeling afraid of it, holding on to relationships so, so tightly because you're afraid it's going to leave you because you're afraid that you're, you got to measure up for it, that you constantly have to keep working and working and working to keep that person there. Otherwise, um, it might change its mind and leave you y'all. We have the exact same emotions about relationships. Our abandonment trauma will show up in our money relationships as well, right? Um, same energy as being in a relationship with someone who just treats you so well and you having shame about that because, you know, your girlfriend doesn't have that good of a relationship. And so maybe you want to hide how good it is for you or, you know, try to overcompensate and get her in a relationship so that you can feel, um, not have the guilt that she's without while you have a lot. There's so much money trauma around being rich and abundant as well that so many of us need to heal from. Just like there's so much trauma that many of us have who grew up in poor working home families, um, fear about will money leave us fear about, whether or not we need to hoard money, whether or not we can, we're actually worth spending money on when we will spend money on everything else and everybody else instead of things that actually are about us. That's why what, one of the things I really love that I see that people say is people when I, in this world of like healing and self-worth and, you know, there's courses and programs all over the place, right? If you're on the interwebs or if you're on social media or anything, you're constantly, there's a program for knitting. There's a program for how to make t-shirts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. 
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. There's a program for how to drop ship. There's a program for how to get the best tickets um, to fly around the world. There's a program for everything. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. But one of the things that I love seeing because it's so true is It's about making an investment in yourself. And so many of us are afraid to invest in ourselves or there's certain things that we will invest in, but other things that we won't. And it's always related to our sense of self-worth and what we think that um, is important in our life. So maybe we'll drop, you know, several hundred dollars on some bundles and some hair. But when it comes to paying for a therapist out of pocket, you're like, oh, if it's more than this $20 copay, I ain't got it. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> this is like your, your, your peace of mind, your sense of well-being, right? But you got it for nails and hair or for you to go to brunch with friends. And those are not bad things, but it's not being able to see that you're worthy in all areas or having um, a gap there. And of course, that's, you know, my example for, you know, from back when I was doing therapy, but even, you know, in the recovery school, you know, I've, I've had quite a few people who have actually had the money and were just really afraid to spend that much on them. And that's what it came down to. That's what our conversations really revolved around. So to bring it back to what I want for each of you, I want for you to be able to receive 
money and feel worthy of it. I want you to be able to spend money on yourself and let, let yourself imagine as if you are in a relationship with someone and you allow them to take care of you, to spoil you, to value you, right? For some of you, that is a very triggering thing for me to say, and it might even sound sinful for some of you, right? Or maybe if it helps with anyone who can't really hear past um, the phrasing that I'm using, maybe instead of spoiled by money, spoiled and lavish in your relationship with money versus by money itself. If that helps let down the hackles for anyone to hear the intended messaging, let me deliver it that way for you. Girl, you are worthy of getting a massage. You are worthy of getting your toes done. You are worthy of getting the hardback cover of a book that you've been looking forward to instead of either getting a cheap paperback from the um, used bookstore or a Kindle because it's $9.99 and it makes you feel better. You know, like there are so many ways that we undercut ourselves when we do not see our own value. And my feedback on this is not conditional on just what you potentially bring home. This is for everyone. So if you are on the lower end of what you make, maybe every once in a while, don't go for the four for four. Like maybe spend a few extra dollars to get you a whole meal at the drive-thru um, because you're worth it, right? Yes, I can be mindful about my spending, but let me actually treat myself. And, and for you to be clear on what that looks like for you, where you are. And there are so many of us that have shame for having too much or that we're taking from other people or that we're wrong, you know? And some of us are in the other extreme of acting in our ego. So we use money to flaunt around how special and wonderful we are, but it's more related to our own low sense of self versus a true acknowledgement of how blessed we are. Many of us have so much anxiety because of legitimate things that we've gone through, right? Legitimate traumas of bankruptcies, of being in a homeless. Uh, I mentioned foster care earlier, of not having enough, right? Things that you did not make up, things that you experienced and that you saw. Watching parents go in and out of work and having that financial instability. These are real traumas and we can recreate our pain and we can recreate the stress of it all in our adult lives. Even when we are in areas that might not be our reality anymore. Or it doesn't have to be our reality, but we don't see any way out. Over the past couple of years, that's actually been one of my main areas. I don't talk about it here on the podcast because I think I actually think I did do a couple of episodes about it um, before. At least I mentioned it in passing. So there's not really a title for me to, to point you back to because there's not one that's coming to mind right now. But there's definite unlearning that needs to happen. So what do we have for you when it comes to money? Nothing, <laughs> nothing right now. 
Um, but I did mention, if you've been following me for a while, last year, yeah, I think it was last year, I mentioned doing a pop-up course called The Money Rehab, where this was exactly what I was going to talk about. But I didn't have anybody who enrolled. I was going to teach it live, but no one um, really wanted to talk about it, which is fine because I think think part of it is, you know, I talk so much about relationships. So for me to say, hey, I'm going to be teaching about money traumas, like, what? Why? (laughs) That makes no sense. That is not why I follow you. So I get it. So um, what I want to also do in 2021 is just to have like a little mini workshop or mini course that people can um, pick up. It'll probably be 20, late 2021 or 2022, to be honest with you. So I can focus on things that are within my wheelhouse, but I want that to come so that it can easily kind of supplement what you're doing elsewhere. All the mindset and manifestation work you're already doing. Those of you who are creating generational wealth, those of you who are creating boundaries with people that um, you are financially codependent with or who depend on you or I might not do any of that at all and if I find someone who I really like to maybe come on a podcast and talk about money trauma I might do that or I might just put it out on the podcast for free who knows who knows what happens but I know that for you this is point number six for being a healed and loved woman to look at your relationship with money the stories that you tell yourself about it what it means to you as far as your safety and security um, and how that has followed you throughout your whole life. And you need to get a grip on that, um, because it will show up in your partnerships and relationships as well. The next point, point number seven is body acceptance. So do we see ourselves as beautiful? Do we love and accept ourselves with our stretch marks, with our curves, with our hair texture, with our skin color with our melasma for those of uh, those of my ladies who have hyperpigmentation all of that right bigger breasts smaller breasts vaginas with big lip labias vaginas that have been stretched due to childbirth or a prolapse or anything else all of that our body is our temple our body is how we show up in the world it is our best version. And so how we feel about that, how we show show up around our body is so important. So obviously the end goal when it comes to body acceptance um, as a healed and loved woman is to accept it, to love it, to accentuate it, right? To not hide it, to not feel shame about it, to not wish it away and think and Think that you would be happier or more accepted if you were in any other version of yourself. This is also definitely where racial trauma definitely impacts us as well. Again, in all of these points, I could have easily talked about in all these points so far, but um, don't want the podcast to be three hours long. So with body acceptance, all of the impact, again, of white supremacy and what is supposed to be beautiful and acceptable and the right, quote unquote, size and the right proportions, the over-sexualization of our bodies and certain body parts and depending on what size they are and how big they are or however they're shaped, that that means that we have more value than somebody else or that we have less value than somebody else. All of this has been passed down through 
the impacts of sexism and the impact of racial trauma that would want to teach us to hate ourselves, to teach us to hate our lips and our hair and again, our curves and our shade of skin and our eye color and everything else. And also to put us against other women who may have features that are different than us, to put in this idea of competition. When there's enough space and there's enough room for us to all be considered beautiful because we all are beautiful. So show up for yourself, lay around naked, wear things that fit your curves, Also, movement is so important. Do you allow your body to move? Are you super stiff? Are you detached from your body? Can you feel your bodily sensations? Can you feel where your emotions are? Do you let yourself loosen up to dance? Can can you be fully present inside of your skin? So these are all things to to be mindful of. Um, As far as what we have here for that, We don't have anything for body acceptance specifically. Um, This is such an amazing field. There are so many amazing teachers out there who talk about body acceptance. And so kind of like what I said for parenting, I'm going to let folks who um, focus on this and who have so much um, knowledge and experience about that really play into that. I will say that um, the way that I see this show up often and even in my own life is um, in the area of deprivation, which I do talk about often when I talk about self-care and looking at ourselves and taking care of ourselves. I talk about that and I will strongly pressure my recovery school students who struggle with deprivation to buy new clothes and when are you going to buy the clothes? When's the date? What's bring me a picture. Like (laughs) I will, I will hold them accountable. But in addition to people who are coaches or talk about body acceptance, I think even stylists, I recently um, hired a stylist to help me pick out clothes for my new body shape, um, for me to accentuate how I feel and what makes me feel the most comfortable now. And it's been great. So, you know, what stands out to you right now when you think about body acceptance. So go forth and find that person and find that community to help you heal that. Point number eight is sexuality. When it comes to being a healed and loved woman, healing this, we are sexual beings and creatures. We have nerve endings that are built for pleasure. We have the capacity and the right for pleasure. We have, I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, curves and skin and our sensuality and the ability, and again, the right to participate in activities that are built solely for our delight, our enjoyment, our entertainment, our gratification, and all of that. And yet, As I say this, so many of us may be blocked in this area, blocked because of our own sexual trauma, where someone hurt us and took away our power and made us feel like our sexuality and our body was not for us, but for them. And then some others of us may have some shame around our sexuality, not because of sexual trauma and the act of physical sexual trauma, but maybe sexual shaming from our parents 
may or caregivers who may have projected their own restrictedness and their own um, shame-based thinking and their own miseducation about what bodies and sex and what is intended to be onto us or maybe growing up in religious systems that may have taught us to shut off our sexuality and to not think about it or talk about it or um, really enjoy it until a certain period of time. And then even when that happens, there's not really tools or education around it as well, which is interesting to have to navigate. And then some of us who learn to sexualize our feelings, we didn't know how to talk about what we need to talk about how to get what we need from anything other than when someone is with me sexually or I'm giving them sexual pleasure. So every time, not just sometimes, but every time I want to feel connected, I look to sex or I'm so disconnected from it that I will sleep with people I don't want to sleep with even when I try not to. And again, all the variations that happen in between. So there are so many signs of healing with sexuality. This is another area where um, there are sex experts and such amazing teachers that talk about healthy sexuality. However, in the most simplistic of terms, what I want every healed and loved woman to be able to do is to be able to own, enjoy, and express her sexuality abundantly and without shame or guilt and however that may look. So for the woman who wants to fully experience her sexuality and as many sexual partners or as few sexual partners as she wants, to the woman who is a virgin or planning on being celibate until she is in a long-term committed partnership, I want every single woman to be able to see, experience, and touch and own their bodies and their sexual selves. I want y'all to be able to orgasm freely without shame and to know what helps you get there as well, to know how to take care of yourself and also feel empowered to communicate that to your partner. Now, before I even say anything about Black Girls Heal, I will say straight out, I think this is best done with people who are professionals in the area of sexuality. I think because our sexual trauma and sexual shame is so integrated in our body and our stories. Um, absolutely working with a sex therapist or, um, a sex body worker or someone who is specialized in this area to help you get to where you need to be for my ladies who are also having some physical pain or discomfort or dryness or, just confusion about what happens down there, whether or not you pee during sex or anything that just feels not right, even if it has been your normal for so long, there are pelvic floor physical therapists, which I had no idea that they existed, but they function and they focus only on the pelvic area, which includes all things vaginal, anal, poop, pee, all of that, <laughs> all of the all of that area. Right. And I remember when I found out they existed years ago, I was like, why wasn't I taught this in grad school when I was learning about this? Why isn't this just something I know as part of my normal everyday knowledge? Why isn't this something that my gynecologist or other people would talk to me about because my fibroids were affecting 
me and my sexual health and my sexual self and it didn't come up and I had to learn it by way of accident on my own years ago. So I don't want that for you. And I want you to get the help and support that you need. So that is, that is my gimme right there. Um, and, and a last year, was it last year? Y'all, I have no idea. This, this world has just, (laughs) I'm just showing up at this point. 2020 feels like it has been four years long. So I have no concept of time anymore, but it probably was last year. I did have an episode on sex and sexuality. I talked about the sex survey. I've gotten so many of your responses of what you are wanting to work on because part of what does happen with love addiction is the part that I said before, um, sexual, sexualizing your feelings, um, confusing sex with intimacy, sleeping with people you don't want to sleep with, not being able to say no and not in way of being sexually assaulted, but just sleeping with people because you want to be liked or you don't want to make them mad using sex as a wall and a blocker. So as a way of avoidance, so I will be as sexual as I want with you, but it's because I'm going to use you before you hurt me. All of the ways that those things play out. So I am planning, and this is for sure in 2021 to finally put all of those survey responses to work in a workshop. So not a course, just a mini workshop, because again, I want to really make way for you to get support in those deeper ways, um, as needed and still have a supplement for those of you who are like, this is exactly what I need. I need someone to put words and labels to what I've been doing, um, so that I can find a solution and so that I can put into play the solutions that I do have available to have a healthy relationship with other people and to not feel so weird and to not feel so broken and to not feel so hopeless and helpless because people are telling me that I'm supposed to feel free and connected and what I'm doing does not actually bring me what I actually want. So there's that. And also in the recovery school, um, I have one of my good friends and colleagues, Piper Grant come, who is a sex therapist, um, and trained in love addiction and betrayal trauma and a whole lot of other things come and talk about What does it look like to have great sex with someone who is a healthy person? Because one of the things that was commonly checked off in that survey is I, is that I consistently have better sex with people who are toxic and not good for me. And I don't know what to do about that. So I had Piper come and talk about that. Um, What do you do? How do you own that? And then also she spent a little bit of time of talking about, well, what do you do when you are not having sex? What are you doing whenever you are trying to be more intentional about who you choose to sleep with, but you a grown woman and you have grown woman needs. So she talked about that as well. Romantic love. We're not going to spend a lot of time here because I talk about it all of the time. And so the end goal for a healed and loved woman is to have balanced relationships, to have be available in her relationships and to feel worthy. If you've heard me talk about our conference, you've heard me say those words before. If you follow me on social media, I've been talking about going from being love addicted to being love balanced, from being love avoidant to becoming love available and from going being love deprived to 
walking in and owning your love worthiness. So I attract and I'm attracted to available people. I let people love on me. I'm open to loving on them. It doesn't have to be quid pro quo where I'm counting what they're doing for me and making sure that it's fair. I don't operate out of my traumas and out of low self-worth and mistrust based on things from my past. Because one, I've chosen someone who is healthy where I don't have to compensate and make sure that they're actually a good person. But also I've been healed enough to where I can just show up and it can be easy and I can trust myself and I can trust that if something does show up in this relationship that proves that it's not a good fit because I'm now heal, healed and whole, I am not, I don't have to worry about, well, what if I get stuck? What if something happens? Cause I know I'm going to show up for myself because I know me and I love me while still again, owning, having space to let someone else into that fold as well. So those are the signs for that. And of course the recovery school, that's where we do that at. Okay. I go deep into that. We go deep into what that looks like to as far as like dating and figuring out what works for you and figuring out what doesn't work for you. And the last point is self-love. Again, something I talk about all the time here, which is why they're the last two I mentioned. <laughs> Definitely about how you feel about yourself. What do you think about yourself? Um, whether or not you think that you are broken or whether or not you think that you are whole and whether or not you actually believe that because there's a difference between thinking something and saying it to other people, but actually truly believing it in the core of who you are and also how you take care of yourself. Do you take care of yourself and all of your needs, including the needs that you don't even think are needs or that you have gotten so normal that's been so normalized for you to skip over? Like, are you taking care of your sleep? Are you taking care of your environment? Are you taking care of your body? Are you telling people what you need emotionally? Are you telling people what you need physically? Are you pushing towards your goals? All of this stuff is about how you see yourself. It's all interconnected. So of course, same thing, the recovery school, also our upcoming conference, the healed and loved woman, um, is we're going to be talking about all of this and going deep into this. So at the time of me recording this, I haven't, um, I'm going to officially, yeah, I, I should be fine to say this. So as much as I've been pushing having this thing in February, I've been watching world events because your girl does pay attention to stuff. And I'm watching how world le world leaders around um, the globe are going into lockdown. And I also know that there is an anticipated rise over the holiday weekend because people will be visiting each other um, for months at a time. Even those of us who've been trying to stay safe, I guess that there is anticipation that that might happen. And then also this episode is going to come out on election day, but if the election goes the way that I want it to go, um, the president who may win, I will anticipate him wanting to put the country on lockdown as well. Um, as soon as he's able to come into power, which is what a few weeks before the conference. <laughs> so I'm going to be moving the conference to the end of the year, most likely November. I haven't figured out the date um, because I'm recording this before I've talked to my event planners, but, but I really want to trust my Spidey sense as telling me to move it, which is kind of sucky because I've spent so much time talking about we are going to have this thing in February. It's 
it's our anniversary, our Black Girls Tale anniversary. We're going to do it, but um, I really want to make sure that people that we plan for external factors that might get in the way and that is totally in line with what I've been talking about as far as COVID being our new normal and this is part of the new normal until something is different paying attention to when are the surge seasons and the surge seasons are going to be after holidays and so for us to be really mindful around that so I'm going to respect that and honor that and we're going to be moving our time. One of the benefits though of moving the conference to November means that I can offer extended payment plans, baby. So I'm really excited that now you can sign up for the conference for under a hundred dollars a month, um, until the, your ticket is paid for. So that's really incredible. Um, and I think it gives everybody a really great runway. So as sad as I am that it won't be in February, um, that will probably be near the end of the year. It's what, what, we'll, it's what we got to do. So excited to offer that to you. And I think it's just going to work out better for everybody as well. But then the next Valentine's Day is going down. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. We make plans and God laughs, right? But to bring it back to self-love, we are... Um, taking a deep dive into that in our um, Healed and Love Woman conference. This Black Friday, I'm actually releasing a self-love focus mini bundle of the lessons, some of the lessons that we did at our self-love intensive this past, um, the past few months. So we won't be doing the self-love intensive anymore. It was a one-time event. Um, but I will be putting that in a little bundle for ladies who wanted to participate. I got a lot of people who asked after um, we had already started. So for anyone who wanted to do that or anyone who's listening and saying like, that is what I need to know. Like, how do I focus on loving myself? That will be available for you. And I'm also considering bringing back a smaller version of the healed and loved woman which was another self-love course that we had so kind of a offshoot of the conference but a way for you to truly see what are the 12 qualities yes 12 of a healed and loved woman so I know I pointed out 10 tonight but there are like 12 different um what's a better way of saying qualities I'll just say tasks for right now because I can't think of a better work so I'm recording this kind of late at night um and I'm hungry and I'm gonna go and get some Chipotle as my reward when I'm done <laughs> recording this um but there are 12 tasks 12 um objectives in this course for you to achieve and you get like a little badge for each one but there's a badge for boundaries there's a badge for voice there's a badge for your inner child there's a badge for a belonging and reclaiming your time. There's one for freedom. So just really breaking down each of those object objectives and um, working through that. So that one is currently not available, but the conference is y'all. And so is the Black Friday bundle. And then of course the recovery school. I mean, there's a whole section, um, there's a whole course called the self-love Kickstarter or self-love self-starter and all the things that I talk about, um, that I've been talking about, we go into that there. So 
It is definitely, when I say it's our all-inclusive program, I mean it. I mean everything I say. Um, I've put everything I could to help love addicts in one place. And everything that I couldn't or I thought would be too much of an offshoot, I am creating as little add-ons or little mini bites that people can get on their own. So y'all stayed with me till the end. Your little surprise is coming in a second, but I just want to say one more thing just that we have coming or that I'm hoping to come for Black Girls Heal to just to revisit. So I talked about the mother-daughter intensives that I want to do in 2022. If I said 2021, I apologize, um, but I meant 2022 because next year in 2021, I'm taking time to just focus on the recovery school, the conference, and growing my skills in therapy as I study this intensive model. So a year and some change from now, um, hopefully to start offering intensives, but also to do smaller intensives for us as individual women, um, for a group of three to five women to come together and have a a group intensive on letting go of the shame that was projected onto us on taking a, a look into emerging healed and loved. You know, that is what I'm going for. That is what I want to gift women with. And so um, looking into that, I also want to do couple intensives. So I don't get this question as much anymore as I used to. I used to get questions all the time if I did couples coaching. And as you know, I had Courtney Dubois on the podcast, who is a couples coach. So I don't do couples coaching. However, I would love to start offering couples intensives because all of this really is our trauma that kind of resurfaces and plays off each other in our relationships. So whether or not it's a love addict and love avoidant or just two people who are struggling with communication, but really want to make it work. Once I can realize that it's not really me as grown up Sheena that's talking to you, but my hurt six-year-old little girl and my partner is not really him talking to me. It's his 12-year-old rebellious self and he's reacting to a mother wound or a father trauma or something else, then it gets easier to navigate. And so I want to be able to provide that experience for people to have and take back home and, you know, maintain what they were able to do in a weekend. Doing those couple intensives will be awesome because that's actually what my master's degree is in. I started off doing marriage and family therapy and I've studied a lot of attachment-based couples theories like emotion-focused therapy. That is what my master's is in. And so be just coming home to be able to put all this trauma stuff together for people who are wanting to work together. And of course, the couples intensives would be open to partners of all gender and sexual orientation. Ideally, I would love to be able to offer intensives just for queer couples versus mixed groups, because I know that the needs are different and nuanced and wanting everyone to feel comfortable as well. But of course, that's where having other people as part of the team will also come in at where that is their specialty. But that's that's me dreaming, y'all. I got it. Let me not get too far down the road talking to you about all the things I want to do for Black Girls Heal. <laughs> I'm just 
telling you what we are hoping to have in store or what I'm hoping to have in store as we grow into a we. So all this leads into what I have for you. So episode came out because I was thinking and planning on what I'm doing for Black Girls Hill family, my mission, what I want to give to all of you. I'm talking with former students and what I really want is to talk to all of y'all. I want to hear what has been your experience of Black Girls Hill. How have you felt about the podcast, about the newsletter? What have you felt about any of our programs? If you've done any of the smaller workshops with me, if you attend our Facebook lives, if you want to attend the conference, if you've heard me say anything about these mother daughter retreats or intensives or these um, smaller intensives just for individual women, if you heard me talk about the couple intensives and you're like, oh, I, that's what I've been waiting for. I've been trying to figure out how to be my best self and I really want to learn more about me and my partner being able to heal and come together and move forward when we know that this is just our trauma reactions working working right now. I would love to hear that in your survey and also what you would most want to learn about. If you're a therapist who's like, I would love to do therapy intensives with Black Girls Heal and put me on the list to know when these types of things get started, then would love to hear you in the survey. I know I have a lot of women who listen to this podcast who are healers, healers yourself. And I think some of it is out of solidarity. And I know a lot of it is also because you're here doing your own healing work as well, which I think is amazing. If you've been following me for any amount of time, I want to hear your feedback because I want to make this a, an amazing place. Um, I want to make this amazing place for all women who want to be healed and loved. So I have an end of the year survey that I will be having out through the month of November through November 30th. November 30th is going to be the last day. And there's a lot of questions. All the stuff that I just mentioned is on there. I'm going to be asking your opinion for that. But for the women who fill it out, you will be entered into a drawing to win a $100 gift card to Amazon da, 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 to help you with your Christmas shopping. So again, I'd already planned on doing this. I wasn't going to say it on the podcast because I was like, uh, who's really going to do it? <laughs> people be driving, people be working out, people be doing all kinds of stuff, be vacuuming, washing dishes. Um, But I'm like, let me just say this in case any of my ladies, because I know lots of you listen, want to participate. So here's how you do it. You are going to go to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2020. That's it blackgirlshill.org slash 2020. Fill out the link or fill out the survey in, in, in its entirety. Again, I'm asking about all the things that I've mentioned and all the things that we do here in Black Girls Hill. So be prepared to tell me what you think. Um, there will be spaces for those of you who are like, I, I'm in the helping profession. I want to be a coach or I know some resources for people who are great teachers on maternal mental health or on sex body work, sexual body work or 
whatever it might be. Anything you want to share with me, that is going to be the avenue to do it at. Please do not DM me (laughs) all of these suggestions and everything because I will get overwhelmed. Um, Having it in the survey container is going to be the most helpful to make sure I can actually get these resources out to people and refresh what we do here. I'm really interested in hearing from those of you, especially about the healing circles as well. I really want to make sure that this is a really great resource for y'all. So in case you joined the directory, you didn't join the directory, you started a healing circle, if it's going well, um, if it started off well, but it went sour, like what happened? How can I best support you in that way? And you can do it all in the survey and I can, I can bless and gift people on the other end of that. Depending on how many people do the survey, I might do a couple of gift cards, but we'll see. We'll see where we are. So again, that's blackgirlsheal.org slash 2020. And that's it. For those of you who are like Black Friday, I want to know about that. So next week I will be putting out all the stuff for Black Friday. So y'all have several weeks to purchase whatever you might need to. I know that at the end of November, you're going to have a million and one emails and brochures and um, shiny things that say buy me and your money might be looking funny or you might just not remember to get something you really wanted to get because you're enjoying your holiday. So I'm going to have it out for several weeks for you to support you with that. So that's it for this episode. For those of you who stayed to the end, you're a real one. (laughs) And I can't wait to show up for you again next week. Make sure you take care of yourself this week. If you're listening to it live, if you're not listening to it live, There may be some things that are still happening as a result of the election. So my advice is still going to be the same to take care of yourself, but I'm sending all of you love. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.